When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Hockey. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome into a very special edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Zolgad and Declan Goff here on this Wednesday, approximately one hour and 11 minutes ago, the NHL's free agency period for the 2021-22 season opened. There have been, of course, a lot of moves made. The Wild has made moves. The Wild has lost former players. Um, and so, Declan, we will get right into it. Let's start off with what the Wild did as far as signing a player within the first hour that free agency opened. The Wild signing Alex Goligoski, former golfer who's going to turn 36 on Friday, to a one-year $5 million contract. Michael Russo, I think, of The Athletic was first with the story, uh, but it has since been confirmed by the team itself. Goligoski stepping in, one-year, five mil. He it sounds like he had multi-year offers from other teams the wild obviously is in a weird position because of what's going to happen to their salary cap starting not this season but next and so they couldn't go or elected not to go multi-years Goligoski, who's from grand rapids still said yes three goals and 19 assists in 56 games with the coyotes last season and dex this was a move that the wild simply had to make because Suter, who we'll talk about in a second is gone um Dumba's still here but you've got Dumba Brodeen and Spurgeon who are your three court defensemen now and Goligoski will slide in I would guess for sure as a top four guy but uh before we get to other moves and other rumors that are going on give me your thoughts on the Goligoski signing because Twitter seems to be uh wild fan wise seems to be a lot of debate about how much some like this move while others think it's fine yeah look he's I would say Alex Goligoski is diet Ryan Suter. Um, he's still an offensive first guy. He logs a ton of minutes. He's not as, I guess, prominent and as as responsible as Ryan Suter at this point in his career. But he's played 20-plus minutes a night. You know, his days of being a, a guy that's going to score a ton of power play goals are probably behind him, but he can still play on the power play. You had to find someone to replace a defenseman here, and I personally believe that Goligoski was a, a pretty decent way to go about this a one-year deal for five million dollars um is, is pretty good there uh in, in terms of you know even strength metrics and also you know analytics he still projects to be a decent offensive defenseman um i'm curious where he ends up being paired who he ends up being paired with when the time the season opens um but this is also an interesting note michael russo put this out just about 10 minutes ago friend of the show he said one perspective that folks seem to be having glossed over in my galagoski article from this morning he says, I think there's a promise that if things work out with Goligoski, that they would extend him after January 1st 
in that $2 million range because of next year's cap squeeze, a two-year AAV wasn't doable here. So he did a story about Galagoski previously and stuff too. So I I think a one-year deal, and you know, it sounded like he also had other multi-year deals out there. Um, For him to get a one-year deal, I'm in that camp. I'm that cliche guy. There's no such thing as a bad one-year contract. I know you said Martin, you brought Martin Skula's name because you always go to doom and gloom and and the worst possible outcome. That was just a joke. That was just a joke. But Skula was so bad. uh, You you, you need defensemen. They traded away Brendan Minnell um, to to his rights, at least, to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, And and don't, do not freak out over Brendan Minnell being traded. Like it, (laughs) he hasn't played a second. In the NHL, yes, he was he was a decent player, very good player in the AHL and even in the KHL in the Russian League last year too. He hasn't played a second here in the NHL. Let's calm down. There's a more prominent players out there. Don't lose, don't ever lose sleep over a guy who hasn't played a look, game getting traded look, for a seventh round pick. Look, you people out there, do what you want to do. Free agency frenzy, Declan Goff is all about freaking out and rushing to judgment and being very paranoid. That's what this whole day is about. Guys making too much, and come on. I mean, half the fun is like, how could you lose this guy for a conditional seventh-round pick to the Maple Leafs? So, Goligoski entered the league with Pittsburgh after playing for the Gophers. Uh, He played three games, I'm guessing, at the end of the 2007-8 season. But in looking at, at his stats since then, and he's played for the Penguins, then had a lengthy stint in Dallas, that was followed starting in 2016-17 by a mm. lengthy time with the Coyotes decks. Yep. In looking at his stats here on Hockey Reference, the thing that you like about this is it seems that there's a consistency here. So, like, there there aren't huge ebbs and flows. And I think starting with a core defensive, defensive pairing guy, you want this. For instance, average time on ice. Let me start with the – let me start with 2016 – 17 his first year so i'm going to roll through his average time on ice with the coyotes okay mm-hmm. 23 20 23 17 came down in 2018 19 to 20 49 jumped back up in 2019 20 to 2303 and then last year 23 even the point being is i like the fact that you see stability here um plus Minus. Now, in his first year with the Coyotes, it was bad. A minus 31. But in his last three years there, minus 7, plus 8, plus 2. So I I think what the Wild likes here is, yes, he's not a young player. Yes, he's been around for quite some time. But I don't think you're looking for like a sexy star player here. I think what you're trying to get defensively is a guy that you think is going to maintain the ability to be consistent, right? Yep. And to your point about uh, the diet suitor comparison, that's that's what Ryan was. Now, I think Suter, to be clear, is a better player, okay? So oh, yeah. I'm not saying that Golagoski is a better player. But if you look at what Suter brought you from an upside on the ice perspective, he wasn't a thrilling, sexy player. He was a stable player, a stabilizing force. And Golagoski's the evenness of his stats tell me that he's going to bring the same type of thing, which I think is incredibly important, especially when you have a guy like Dumba, who's probably going to be more up and down and volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of breaking news here. Yeah. Minnesota Wild have made another addition in free agency. 
This just coming down the pipeline, official from the team. They have signed center Freddie Goudreau, a two-year, $2.4 million deal, 1.2 AAV. Frederick Goudreau is a fourth-line and veteran minor league player. Last season, actually, in, in 19 games, put up 10 points with the Pittsburgh Penguins. He has a Dean Evason connection. Evason uh, coached him for 100 games in Milwaukee, so this definitely seems like your Nick Benino possible oh. replacement, um, a okay. fourth-line guy. Um, played in 55 games for the Preds in 2018-19. I mean, th- this is a fourth-line center um, yeah. addition here, but a- another yep. player being uh, added to the Minnesota Wild in free agency. Okay, and he's 27, is that correct? Is, 28. Is that... Okay. Yep, 28 years old. Yeah, that, so and on the uh, note that you brought up about Benino being gone, he reportedly agreed to a two-year contract with the Sharks where his AAV is going to be $2.05 million per season. That's a loss, I think, way more from the locker room than I'm, yes. I think I think as a bottom six or more like a fourth line guy, both wing and, and center, Benino brought something. So I'm not trying to um downplay what he brought on the ice. But he and Ian Cole, the Medex, mm. were absolutely paramount to what they did as far as that team, as far as the tone changing. Yes. So Benino's loss will be felt. Like, I, I don't think we can discount this completely and say, oh, look, he was sort of cooked. And yes, he's not a great player, but he was a consistent, reliable player. And more importantly, he knew how to win. And I loved the fact that he and Cole, um, who both came to the team last year, had won two Cubs when Bill Guerin was an executive in Pittsburgh. And so I... That to, that was a very important part of the, the team. And now I think the assumption was going into today that the Wild was probably going to sign Cole back. And Russo had about, I don't know, um, an hour or a little bit less ago, he tweeted out that Ian Cole is getting offers that the Wild might not be able to match. And remember, because of buying out both Suter and Parisi, Declan, mm-hmm. there are go- there are, there's going to be ramifications here. And, and unfortunately, I think, so if I was to be able to retain, if I was Bill Guerin, either Cole or Benino, I go with Cole. Losing both, I think, definitely hurts you from a chemistry standpoint. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, those guys are brought in for those exact reasons. I I would hope Ian Cole does get brought back. Number one, they need defense. Um, and also Michael Russo tweeting that it wouldn't shock him if they start dialing around for potential trades for heavier, bigger defensemen. And That's this is I've been telling you. this is a smaller yeah. team, and Judd Judd wants Judd wants some size on here. And I, I don't I, I do not blame you. They're 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 a smaller team for sure. Um, so I, I I'm curious to see where, where that goes there. But yes, to answer your question on the culture and the room tone of the room, I think um, th- th- those two made a humongous difference. And you know, and, and maybe this Frederick Goudreau guy is basically the diet version of those two. A, a guy who's played a lot of minor league hockey games, and you know. Could just be a fourth line person, but also could be someone in that room. Dean obviously likes him; he's coached him a lot. You know, he's not the same pedigree as someone like Ian Cole or Nick Benino, Nick Benino who's won a couple Stanley Cups. But um, I am curious what they do to to replace that chemistry. I know I, if they got Nick Foligno with Marcus in there, I love I love where that trajectory is heading. Um, yes. I just think in general this locker room is a lot better than it was four or five years ago, or even two or three years ago. Um, making sure that culture in that room is stable is very very important and, and people forget about people might overlook that in hockey it's incredibly important it, it it's an off the ice thing an off ice measurable or statistic that you just really can't quantify um at least, that. At, at least at least in a box score so yes i, I hope mm-hmm. they're able to replace that and 
speaking of where do things stand with Felino right now? Because I saw a tweet from somebody, I forget whom, a little while back that the Wild is heavily involved in trying to get Nick signed, but so were the Boston Bruins and Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, so I haven't heard anything else. I haven't seen anything else, I should say, as, as my ears on the ground talk texting with sources right now, like, like I'm texting Elliot Friedman and Michael Russo. Um, but uh, it sounds like, yes, the Bruins and Avalanche are That's making heavy, heavier pushes. And I don't blame them. You know, that would be a good, good situation for Nick Foligno to wind up in one of those two teams. Wouldn't shock me at all. Um, if he goes to Colorado, maybe on a shorter term or on a, on a short term, but up money front deal, um, he would be great in that Colorado room. They were, they were able to sign Landis last night. Everyone thought that marriage was going to be over and then they inked him to a, uh, to a seven year contract. So Landis staying put in Colorado, which did surprise me a little bit. Yeah. And that hurts too, because if you took him out off that team, it's still damn good, but it definitely would have an impact. And he's been the captain there now for a long time, Declan. And so if he had gone, I don't know, let's say to Toronto or something like that, that definitely impacts the abs who already are, I think with pretty, with pretty certainty, I can say uh, the best team in the central division for 2021, 22. So yeah, Landis going back to Colorado uh, is a huge win for them and not so much a win for the rest of the division. Speaking of the rest of the division, we haven't got to it yet, but with, Suter gone. He signed quickly. No surprise after being bought out a couple weeks ago. Now he signed a, or agreed to a reported four year contract with an AAV of 3.65 million. No surprise with the Dallas stars. So the revenge tour officially begins. Now Mm -hmm. Suter is going to give Dallas something. There's no question. He's got, I I have my doubts about what Zach, Zach has left and who knows he could rebound and be great. I don't think he will be. Ryan Suter was not bought out because he can't play. He was bought out because Bill Guerin wanted to change the dynamic in that locker room so badly that he was essentially willing to go into some form of salary cap hell Mm -hmm. uh, for two or three seasons after this one. And so it's going to be interesting to see now Suter and Dallas in your division playing for the team that used to, by the way, occupy the real estate in Bloomington uh, I don't think it's any accident that he came to an agreement with a team that's not in the Eastern Conference. I believe the Bruins pursued him as well. And I mean, the Bruins would be a good team to go to. I always thought with how he feels about the phone call that came, right? And being told you're being bought out along with Zach. I immediately thought that guy's going to the Blues, the Blackhawks, or Dallas. He wants to show the Wild that he has something left and he definitely does um so that so while i agree with what garen did from a locker room standpoint for the wild decks Mm -hmm. i also think this could be a pain in the ass for a few years as as suits tries to exact his revenge on the wild yeah not surprising at all to me john um he he definitely wanted to get paid he definitely wanted to stick it to the wild still and my god he's going to be getting a payday for a very long time um he's double dipping too yeah and it's going to get paid from here and there. He wants to play this team five times a year. I don't blame him. Um, I, I, he He's bitter about what happened on how this ended with all the reports that came out of him hanging up the phone and on, on Bill Guerin and whatnot. And I know Craig Leopold thinks the world of him. And there's even there's words talks before from our buddy, Darren Doogie Wolfson, that Suter would eventually be brought in as maybe a minority owner someday. You know, when his playing career ended, we'll see if that's still the case. I'm guessing those uh, talks will be shelved for the further future as long as Bill Guerin's involved in this organization. Um, but 
I don't blame Ryan Suter for uh, wanting to stick it to his former team either. Um, he's going to go to Dallas, a team that kind of fell off the cusp a little bit last season after they made their run to the cup in the pandemic. Uh, but I'm I'm curious to see how he performs. And by the way, thank you for everyone who's watching us right now on our Score North YouTube channel. Uh, Judd Zolgad, I'm Declan Goff, home of Mackie and Judd. Hit that subscribe button if you want daily Minnesota sports content, wild content, the Twins trade deadlines in 48 hours, Vikings content, Timberwolves speculation. This is literally the busiest time uh, of our of our of our jobs right now. So if you want daily Minnesota sports entertainment, click that subscribe button. We'll gladly keep pumping this stuff out for you. This Minnesota Wild free agency and offseason has been the most fun. It's been in 10, 11 years. So we'll be uh, continuing to pump out anything that happens with the Minnesota Wild. And we'll be reacting with you live right here for uh, next probably at least 30 minutes or so on the Score North YouTube channel. Next topic, Declan Goff. Um, Russo had today, I think, it was, I think it was one of his first tweets actually before the free agency period opened at 11 a.m. Central. That as of right now, and the keywords are as of now, so this is not final, okay? The Wild appears to be, I believe the tweet said, backing off on Jack Eichel. The price is too high. Um, there are probably concerns as well. The Sabres are going to extract a ransom from somebody for a guy who likely is going to have surgery on his neck. And that, you know, you might be, you might think to yourself, well, he'll come back and be good. But one, you don't know when he's coming back. And two, it's neck surgery, which can not be downplayed, I don't think, ever. So if the Wild is truly backing off, I'm going to stick with what I've been saying for two weeks now, which is when it comes to Eichel, I'm personally out. I can't do it. I can't do it because the price is too high. I can't do it because I don't care how much my doctors look at the medical reports. I am going to be ultimately incredibly concerned until he can play again, that he's still going to, he's going to come back as the superstar he once was. I'm concerned about the stuff that I've heard off the ice in Buffalo as well. All of these things, if you put them together in Eichel stew, to me, gets me to back off. I know that you've been way more pro Eichel trade than I have, but what are your thoughts in hearing that for now the Wild might be, if, if they're not out, they at least have become more lukewarm to the idea of trading for Jack Eichel. Well, and I think the the key word there too that Michael Russo threw out this morning was for now. Um, mm-hmm. Free agency That's is now. Said, it's not done. Free agency is now open. Uh, yep. The floodgates are going to start opening up a little bit. Does that? And I think it does. As time wears on, drives down Eichel's price mark. Uh, Eichel's market essentially that that Buffalo is not going to be able to get what they uh, thought that they could get for Jack Eichel. So. I don't think this is the end-all, be-all conversation. I don't think that Bill Guerin's done possibly making a decision for Jack Eichel, but the longer that time goes on, essentially is what I'm trying to say, I think that will benefit the Wilder or benefit another team that's trying to get in on Jack Eichel. Rightfully so. I understand why the Sabres are asking for the moon and the stars for him, but they also have to realize with this injury history and his character issue, which I'm not as concerned with as much as you are, uh, that that is driving down his price. So you're not going to get him for damaged goods, but it is going to drive down the price. So I think for now, the Wild or Bill Guerin's probably looking at other options. There's still other options out there. Even Bree Guy right here on our YouTube channel putting up the comment, Thomas Hurdle or Dvorak would be class. I agree. Hurdle would even be actually the one I would pursue over Jack Eichel. Um, yeah. You're going to have to extend him. He's still 27, 28, but I think he's a hell of a player and he'd be your first line center. Christian Dvorak is a good player. Um, would probably be asking to play a little bit out of his shoes, but he again would be the top line center most likely on this team going forward. The only thing, and I, and I don't think they are, but it 
if they don't have a plan B here to get a center, that's a gigantic mistake by the Wild. You can you cannot go into the opening night with your centers as Eck, Victor Rask, and let's just call one of them Boldy Rossi and and you know Frederick Goudreau. You absolutely cannot make that happen. You have and to Boldy's get someone play the wing. Like exactly, they're, they're not going to start him, and, and I think that they're going to leave him there. So, I believe you told me this that there was a plot to one of the tweets that Russo got saying that he did not think that they had a plan B. Okay. Um, he's probably, I don't doubt his reporting, but if they didn't, I don't get it. Um, I'm with you. How can you not have a plan B? I mean, there has to be a backup plan of mm-hmm. some sort. You you have to be able, look, to me, it's like going fishing and Eichel's the big fish, right? Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to catch the biggest fish in the, in the pond. But do you really want to come home empty handed completely? Like, don't you need to catch a fish to eat that night? And so, so if there really is no plan B, that's going to be the first time, I think, unless I'm missing something here, that I've been disappointed and surprised in something Bill Guerin has or has not done. Because I think he's done a damn good job so far. And it seems to me, Dex, like he has had a plan for everything. And the Suter buyout, I get it hurts your cap. But, I mean, when you make th- that move along with buying out Parisi the same day, you definitely have a plan. Like, there's a pl- So if you strike out on Eichel, which, by the way, was going to be tough from day one. Like, it was never a, well, we thought we'd get him for sure. It's more of a nuanced conversation. If Bill Guerin doesn't have a plan beyond that, I'm going to be really surprised. Really surprised. Yeah, I think he does. You know, Elias Pettersson, someone that can make an offer sheet too, but that's that that that, that doesn't really guarantee you can't do anything. That with, with your cap, you got to have. Yeah, I mean, I like wouldn't... your cap. Like starting next year, look at the buyout prices. Yep. On Zach and Ryan. Yep. Like like this is going to have to be well. This is going to have to be incredibly well choreographed. And and I believe right now, when the day started, you, you had approximately twenty nine million dollars in available cap space, right? Goligoski's now signed. The kid, uh, the veteran fourth line potential guy from Pittsburgh is signed. But Declan, you still have to plan for, at this point, Fiala and Kaprizov to eat up a large portion of that as well. Mm -hmm. So like there has to be, there has to be some type of plan B here as a, as a potential bailout. Cause I don't, I don't see the option of going into 2021, 22 and being like, ah, I think we'll be fine. Yeah. And I also don't think you'd be good. Yeah. I also don't think you can roll into this lineup and just say, well, then we'll approach it at the trade deadline. No teams are going to then be asking for the moon because you are in a position where you need a cent. Like you cannot, you cannot put yourself in a situation where you're just running this back again and waiting and biding time. Like the, the clock is, is ticking. It's already started. Cinderella's midnight. You know, pumpkin is going to be turning really, 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 really quick here. So you have to have a backup plan. Um, you know, is that Thomas Hurdle? I don't know. Is that Dvorak? We, we, we don't know yet. I know someone popped a thing on the screen that said they were listening to SiriusXM NHL Network and said there is talks with Hurdle and San Jose. I'm not sure if, Jason, if you're watching that or whoever that was that commented on that, if you want to expand on that, by all means, let us know in the YouTube comment section. Um, but at the same time, you have to have a backup plan here. Rossi and Boldy might mature into something. I don't think Rossi makes this roster just because he hasn't played hockey in basically a calendar year. And Matthew Boldy might be able to make it, but he's probably also going to be a wing. 
Um, he doesn't project to be a center. He's played some center in college, but he's he's going to be a wing. So you have to have a legitimate backup plan here. It's not it's not flirting with Boldy as a, as maybe a center or putting Greenway back there. No, no, no. That train has sailed. You can't you cannot afford to do that. So I th- I think Garen knows that, but I just hope that we aren't rolling in to opening night with Victor Rask and Joel Eriksson Ek as as your top two centers. And I think Rossi might make the team, but he's not going to be or should. He has no business being your top line guy opening night. Like eventually, hopefully he becomes that. But yeah, you've got to have another plan to get a center. And he doesn't have to be an Eichel skill like that. I told, I get that completely. Dvorak again, I go back to him. He's attractive as a possibility. Hurdle attractive. Now, that might be a little bit difficult contractually as well with your cap problems uh, beginning with 2022-23. But there has to be another way to get around this to get somebody. Because if you look at this roster right now, Declan, Mm -hmm. and where things stand, um, you know, you are – it should not be in your mind, I don't think, that the success that you had playing for one year in the West Division this past season, that that was a fluke. Like, you've got the components here to carry that on. And Suter's loss, by the way, to be fair, will hurt. Like, like we can rip we can rip him all we want. And I was never a fan of what I perceived him to be like in the room. But he brought a steadiness that you could definitely use. And, and good defensemen are damn hard to find, especially when they bring that, that even-keel approach, which I know bores a lot of people, but look at the ice time as well. So the Suter move has a good and a bad, but even with him gone, I still look at assuming Kaprizov's back, and and at this point I'm going to assume that, and Fiala's back. I look at this team very much as still being in a, a window of opportunity that is really, really ripe. And there's no reason why this team should not be vying, I think this, they should not be vying for a top three playoff spot in the Central next season and making a playoff run. Yeah. Now you run now you run into the abs, you might be done. I don't know. That's fine. But but you know, this should not be a I hope they can be a wild card team. This should be a team where it's constructive and constructed. And I think Bill Guerin has this in mind too. To be a team that can be top three and can be a team that can make a playoff run. And so that's where the center thing confuses me. Because I don't think you can just be like, well, we'll bring guys back and be fine. Yeah, you, you uh, can't. It's too important a position. Yep. It's absolutely, it's absolutely, I mean, taking that chance, Declan, I'll, I'll draw a comparison. Not sure if you'll agree with it or not. Taking the chance at center and being like, we'll bring our guys back. We'll sign a couple guys too, and they'll compete um, is a bit like with what the Twins did with pitching. Yes. And then all you know, at some point you're like, oh my God, this really didn't work. And now, and now your team's not that good. Um, So that's my, that's, that's the comp that I would make and why the one position where I would go out and get a guy who opening night, I know I can plug in and he might not be elite. I'm not saying that I'm going out to get Max Scherzer, right? But he at least is my ace center needs to be able to be plugged in from the get go. If you're going to do what I think you can achieve. Absolutely, yeah. You you can't just roll the dice with with these rookies. You can't roll the dice with Victor Rask and you know this Frederick Goudreau character. You absolutely need to find a legitimate center. 
And maybe, you know, like I said, if you get Dvorak, and yeah, is he a true number one center? Maybe not. They're hard to find. Just like aces in, in baseball, there's really only 10 to 12 true aces in all of baseball. And then there's a drop-off, but they're still very, very good players. And they might be asked to, to you know, to, to pitch above their, above their trajectory. But I, I am curious where the Wild are going to be able to find this. Because you, you can't go into this season. I know Tyler Johnson's a name that's thrown out here on our YouTube comment section. Um, there could be something there as well. So I'm curious how, how they find that center for the wild, but also the, the most important part. And that's, this is where I think it helps in negotiations. You know, yesterday, our friend Greg Wachinski, puck daddy of ESPN said that, you know, the contract talks with Kaprizov and the wild are basically mute at at this point. And it's a deafening silence, I believe was his exact quote. And this is, I, I threw this idea out to you, I think two or three weeks ago on a Judd's hockey show. If you find this center, if you find Thomas Hurdle or Jack Eichel or whoever that's going to be, that's going right. to help the negotiations. It's going to help to get Kirill say, all right, dude, I know you're playing hardball. And Kirill's mostly playing hardball, not because of the lack of a number one center. I do think it's part of the ploy, but it's mostly for money and term. That's his main reason why he's, why is him and his agent are, are driving up the price here because they want short term because he wants to cash out again when he's still in his 20s. Uh, but that will help the negotiations. You're not going to play with Ryan Hartman again this year, Kirill. Here's Thomas Hurdle. Here's X center. Here's an X center for you to that you get to play with. That's also a very good player. That's not just going to lift you up, but he's going to lift you. Uh, you're going to lift each other up as well. So that's only going to help them. Um, you know, I, I think the Fiala deal gets done too. If he if he if he is indeed not included on a trade, um, I don't see Fiala being moved for someone that isn't Jack Eichel. I'd be kind of shocked if that was the case. But it it does create a conundrum, Judd, because because Kirill wants to get paid, Fiala wants to get paid. If you're a if you're getting a center, he's probably going to already be on a decent deal or want to get paid as well. So the the window to fit all this under your cap is huge. Is absolutely huge. Breaking news! Hit the sounder. You got it. What do we got? What do we got? What do we? Pierre got? LeBron. Ian Cole has signed <sighs> with the Carolina Hurricanes. One year, two point nine million dollars. I'm curious what the Wild offered. So approximately three mil. For Ian Cole, who, after a season with the Wild, departs for the Carolina Hurricanes. Before you say, ah, come on, he was a he he was a third pairing defenseman. Ian Cole, to me, was a key linchpin to the success of this team. Uh, he had a presence. I thought he was incredibly solid. And now your your third pairing on defense, which, by the way, gave you great depth, and which Dino played a lot. Like, he played his defenseman a lot. Your third pairing, Carson Soucy, now a Kraken with Mackie in Seattle, and <laughs> Ian Cole is with brother Liam now, your brother, <laughs> in Carolina at $2.9 million. This hurts. I'm not going to dance around this one. This hurts. This is the type of move, depth guy, leader in the room, two Stanley Cups, like these are the intangible guys that we often are like, oh, okay, he's gone. That was a fun year. I really, I pretty much knew because his name didn't surface that Benino was gone. I thought Ian Cole would stick, and and it was reported that he was out of the Wild League as far as what he was being offered. And we now find out he gets two point nine mil from Carolina. I hate to see this happen to the Wild. Yeah, that's that's a loss, and you know, I I try not to get too um too bent out of shape over veterans, you know, not paying veteran guys to long-term deals. But if it's only a one-year deal and he's going to Carolina at 2.9, I, I probably would have matched that. 
I pro- especially again, one year deal. It's not like you were going to lock him up to a to a multi year contract. I probably would have done that. Uh, he means a lot to that room. It's a hell of a quote. He um he's he's a good player. He's been around the block a few times. So yeah, I mean that that is a loss uh, for the Wild. And right now you're you you still need to figure out how, who's going to round out you know the bottom of your defensive core. You know, Kalen Addison's probably going to make the roster here, but you need one big brute. Marco Scandella kind of player, some big hey, body big, presence. Yeah. Honestly, that yeah. might be someone. I would kick the tires on bringing Scandella back. I believe he's still under contract. He's not a free agent. But I'd bring back someone like Scandella. You need, you need some size on this blue line uh, to make the addition. Really quick, Judd, it looks like, too, and I don't know if this yeah. is official yet, but Kevin Weeks is tweeting out that the Seattle Kraken uh, are making serious traction for Philip Grubauer in, from, the Colorado, from the Colorado Avalanche, and the Kraken just tweeted out a very conspicuous emoji on their Twitter account, I would be, I mean, what would, what would Colorado be doing there if they're punting on Grubauer? Uh, he's asking for the world. Huh? And, okay. and the Kraken? And the Kraken can pay the world. Yeah, they can. The Avs can't. The Avs can't. But, I mean, this is an, this is an intriguing one. Because if, he's, if he leaves, and he was damn good for them, if Grubauer leaves the Avs, okay, you've still got world-class guys, McKinnon, Lanitskog, the blue line has, has you know, Kale McCarr is a phenomenal talent. Um, but who is the goaltender there? And, and I did see that they had been. So the one wild card here, and I, I saw this thrown out last night on Twitter, and it, it's truly at the heart of what Mackie and Judd and Declan love, reckless speculation, which is would the Colorado Avalanche call the Blackhawks and say, you got, you got flurry now? We want the flower and give them something to try and get because because how much would Mark Andre Fleury like to go to the Colorado Avs and haunt the Golden Knights now they're not going to be in the same division because the Golden Knights are obviously in the west the pacific and um and the Avs are in the central but they're go- if they lose Grubauer they're going to have to do something and I don't think the option of bringing back Devin Dubnik's a great move. So nope, that's nope. going to be that's going to be really intriguing if the Kraken indeed do get Grubauer. Yeah, that I mean maybe they go after Darcy Kemper. Kemper's still, I believe, under contract or is he unrestricted? Yeah, no, they're looking to trade him though. Yeah, so He's that probably good, and yeah, that could, trade that could be an option for them. Um, I'm I'd be shocked if they trade Grubauer without a solid solid back. That that team's ready to win a cup, um, and you're trading away a, a goaltender for it. So. Um, I'm curious what they and it, but if they do, if there's a if they, I mean, I don't, they're not going to roll with Devin Dubnik. But if they don't address it in a replacement way, I mean, now Colorado's vulnerable. You know, they're vulnerable with with who they have in net there because that team's ready to compete and win for a cup. So that's, I mean, that's yeah. good news for the Wild if they're indeed saying goodbye to him. Um, but I'm I'm curious how that ends up. I am. So um, what do we have on Zach Parisi, Declan? We have not talked about Zach yet. There was a lot of assumption the. Islanders were going to sign him because, well, one, his dad played there. He played, so JP played for the North Stars, went to New York, came back and played for the North Stars. There was what, I believe at the last two trade deadlines previous to this year, there was talk. And at one point, Zach waived his no move clause that he could have been traded to the Islanders. And Lou Lamorello, who's now the GM of the Islanders, was the longtime GM of the Devils when Zach was there, but I have yet to see anything official about Zach Crazy surfacing with New York or, or any other team for that matter. Yeah, I would be, I mean, I don't know what Zach's doing there. <laughs> if he wants, uh, if he possibly wants to go back to New Jersey. I mean, I, I wouldn't, I don't understand that so at there, all. So there's a rumor there. Yeah. So what, 
What was the report on him in Jersey? I believe it was a Flyers beat writer had it, and also uh, Elite Sports Net New York right here. Uh, Stefan Rosner was the one who reported it. He is a beat writer for the Philadelphia Flyers. That is correct. Or no, not. I'm sorry. Mixing up my things there. You're putting me on the spot. But James Nichols, Isles mm-hmm. writer for the Hockey Writer, has um, saying he's heard the same as last night. Parise deal with the Isles could be done, but uh, as is Paul Mayer. So I don't know. It, it sounds like the Islanders and the Devils are two teams that could possibly still be in on him. Um, don't want to get things mixed up here as I'm trying to figure out which where he could be going. But I did see a report uh, earlier this morning that he could be someone that's going to New Jersey. But I, I'd be shocked if that happens. Like he's, he's, he wants to win a Stanley Cup. Why would he, like New Jersey's a dumpster fire. Like, well, that, that makes no sense. I guess my, yeah, no, it, it, it does not on the surface. But here's my question. What are Zach's options? Mm-hmm. If, if the Islanders want him, he should take what they offer because that team has a chance to certainly, again, make a run. Uh, in the playoffs, but the thing is, so so where where Suits was in great shape was when he got bought out. You know, he immediately probably had eight teams, right? Because he's still a productive player; he's still good. Um, so he immediately had teams calling and could make his take his pick, basically. And as we talked about, he agreed to a four year deal with the Dallas Stars. Zach Parisi, I mean, God bless him. I'll always say this works his ass off. Yep. But when you watch him play, I, I mean, if you pull up the the film from last season, he's a shell of the player he once was. So I don't know that there's going to be a ton of teams calling there. And and Lamarillo really likes him. And so if he's got that opportunity to go back and play for Lou and, you know, clearly be a bottom six guy with that club, which plays more of a defensive style with Barry Trotz as well. That probably makes the most sense. Outside of that team, though, you tell me. Because the, the reality for any team that signs him is if you have to make him a top six guy, Dex, it's a problem. Like, he can't do that and, and be effective. So he's not going to win there, probably. So unlike Ryan Suter, I think the Zach Parisi options are pretty damn small. Yeah, and, and they should be small. He's at the later stages of his career. He was a he was a healthy scratch for the last month of the season. I know whatever. He came in the playoffs and scored a couple goals. I don't care. Um, he needs to take the best deal possible from a cup contender. And if that also means maybe he hopefully is realizing this, uh, that you can't be the player you once were. So, like, Zach, you're going to be a fourth-line guy. And there might be many nights where we're going to scratch you. But if you if you want the cup and you, and you want to pursue and be on this team, you have to accept right. that role. And look, he didn't accept it very well. He didn't accept season. it here, and maybe he's coming to terms with that now that the season's been over and he's evaluating things. And I, I'm a big fan of self awareness and realizing that you that if there's a problem in your life or there's a problems or a situation that you have to deal with it. I think Zach's a smart enough guy to eventually get down that road. But if if he indeed can only get a vet minimum or you know one or two million dollar deal from New York, and he's also weighing that because he wants to see what else is out there, dude. Zach, sign that immediately. Like, if, if you're a fan of Zach Prezen, you truly want to see him win a cup, you should be rooting for that situation in New York. The Islanders are still a good team. I don't know if they're not necessarily a favorite to win a cup, but they certainly are, have, a, they have a plan to do so. So I wouldn't be shocked at all. I, you, you should absolutely, if you're Zach Prezen, put the pen to paper and just go home to New York. Oh, 
Oh my gosh, who lives in that cabin? What's wrong with their lake shore? Look at all those weeds. Ugh, that is the worst cabin on the lake. Don't be such a busybody. Excuse me? They must not know about Aquaside. Is that what we use? Yep, just one application of Aquaside each spring keeps our lake shore weed free. Shh, don't be that cabin this summer on your lake. Eliminate lake weeds this summer with Aquaside pellets. I should tell them about Aquaside. Oh, now who's the busybody? Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. All right, it's Judd's Hockey Show, Zolgad and Declan Goff with you. We are approximately 40 minutes into the free agency frenzy. Let's reset things here. So yep. the, the Wild, what we do know is this. The Wild has come to terms with defenseman, soon-to-be 36-year-old Alex Goligoski on a one-year contract. So he is in the fold, as Declan said before, after we had started. The Wild also has come to an agreement with um, with Frederick Goudreau, who was a minor league player in Milwaukee for several seasons uh, with Everson as his coach. He is a depth player. I'm looking at a stat here that was tweeted out. Um, he's a guy who won 53.7% of his draws, so he can win some faceoffs, which obviously in the Wilds world, after what we saw last season, is very important. He also has more speed than Nick Benino, who he's going to replace. That being said, Nick Benino was great in the room and I thought brought a, a veteran presence that's going to be missed. Um, and so I guess right now, Dex, as we as we do this show, and this is subject to change at any point in time, your depth chart at center for the wild goes something like this. Eric's an extra top guy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Eric's an extra top guy. Marco Rossi, if he can make the club, is going to fit in somewhere. I, I would guess he would start the season if he does make the club, either um, – probably your third line guy possibly because you you don't want the pressure and to your point the kid basically because of covid didn't play hockey other than the world junior tournament last year so you're going to want to dial down the pressure so if he doesn't start in the minor leagues he's going to be like your third guy goudreau is going to be probably a fourth guy this leads to a very interesting question what do you think about this one because we called for this for a long time last season. And there were those, I won't name them, who thought that we were um, premature and we might have been. What do you think about this? Do you think and how confident are you if this is the case, if you do agree, Nico Sturm is about to get a whole lot more of a help and a playing time or responsibility on his plate? Because you know what? Kaprizov was so good that rookie-wise, he's, you know, and rightfully so, all we talked about, Nico Sturm, had a damn good rookie season. And I could see him being set to be a guy that you're like, you know what? You proved a lot. Let's see if you can give us more. Yeah, I like Sturm's game a lot. Um, I would like to see him play more. I'd like to see him play in a more elevated role. You know, I don't mean to contradict myself, but if if he blossoms into something, yeah, that's great. Um, I don't see Rossi making the team. I would I would love for Sturm to get elevated minutes and be put in a bigger situation. They protect him from the expansion draft for a reason. They obviously think he's he's an integral part of their future. Um, I liked his speed. He played with a lot of speed. Um, he mostly played bottom line minutes, but I wouldn't hate that as well uh, if he got more more time. I think the problem with Joel Eriksson and who's a, a who developed and had a quietly extremely productive season last year and finally looks like the player that was worth that first round pick over Brock Besser. Um, I think it's a tall ass to just assume he can be your number one center. Is he your best center on this team? Yes. That's obvious. That's that's a, yes. that's a hard yes. But Eck yes. also plays a two-way game and a defensive style game that 
I just don't know that you can assume that he can be a true number one center. And the way he even scores goals, and look, he had, what, 20 goals last year? 19, 20 goals? He doesn't have the skill to necessarily beat a goaltender. He's going to outwork you. You know, he has that Parisi type. I, I don't think he has the peak Miko Koibu. Miko Koibu in his prime could take over a game and, and could and had the skill that could beat a goaltender. Eck doesn't really necessarily have that true skill. Um, I think he's a great player, and I like him a lot, uh, but he's more he's more served as a very, very good second or third line center. So I think it'd be a tall ask to assume to make him the number one, but Nico Sturm, I don't blame it. And also really quick here, Judd, this mm-hmm. is coming in on Jack Eichel. Uh, this is from John Vogel, who covers uh, the Sabres for The Athletic. He said, Darren Drager says on TSN that Jack Eichel has become the, quote, forgotten superstar on the market, and teams are interested as, quote-unquote, tire kickers, but doesn't seem like anything is imminent, and the, quote-unquote, frustration level is increasing from the Jack Eichel camp. Because they want him traded, and Buffalo's, and Buffalo's going to ask for a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is how this is going to go, because, look, I mean, I don't know how else to explain this, but... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you are probably going to undergo neck surgery, I don't care if your name's Wayne Gretzky. Um, there's going to be a disconnect there in what I'm going to pay the Sabres for him and what the Sabres the, – the Sabres are basically shopping him like he's healthy and going to play, right? They're clearly asking for the world. Uh, while I don't blame them, the reality is – and it, the, Bill Guerin's not dumb. This is why I'm sure Bill said – I'm back. I'm not going to give you as much as you're demanding for a guy that it's somehow this. Um, it's somehow this thought process that if they, if teams, if if I'm serious about Eichel, the Sabers will show will show that team his medical report, and then they'll be comfortable. Okay, if the medical report basically is he's going to have neck surgery, um, I'm not comfortable. I'm like, oh, now I know more. I'm concerned even more. Right? Yeah. So, so I totally get, I totally get the disconnect that's probably going on between the Sabers and the teams that they're talking to right now, and furthermore, a frustrated Eichel camp and the t- and Buffalo. So that tweet makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It makes absolutely perfect sense. And so, I'm not surprised because I there. It seems like they're actively shopping him like he's a functioning player. Yep. And unless he says, you know what, I'm fine. Next, fine. All a big ruse. <laughs> He's not a functioning player. Yeah. He's just not. By the way, Philip Grubauer to Seattle, six years, 5.9 AAV. So a yeah, six-year deal for him. I would have done that. That 5.9. So what's the Avs, so, so what's the Avs predicament and goal right now? They have Devin Do we Dubnik. have that? They have, that's it. Is Dubnik right? still under contract? I don't, I don't even know. know. I they, they, yeah. I don't know. that that, that That's a, if they, I mean, they're going to address it. They can't not, but that I'm is a you, huge I'm, loss. All about if the they flower. Do yeah, have the flower end in the same but, place that his hero Patrick Waugh did. Colorado Avalanche, formerly the Quebec Nordiques. Well, but the thing is, like, I he's contemplating retirement. I don't even know if he wants to go to Colorado. No, but I'm saying, but no, but I think, are you kidding? In the Western Conference, having a chance to shove it right up the Golden Knights, you know what? Chicago is not as attractive because you don't know with them. But yeah. if I could go play goal on a team with McKinnon and Landeskog and Kale McCarr and that group, and I'm going to challenge my old team undoubtedly in the playoffs, who, by the way, at the end, didn't bother to call me and tell me they had told me and then said, well, it leaked out on Twitter first. Well, but yeah, so Grubauer, six times 5.9. But I mean, that Declan gets into the really interesting discussion 
of what do you pay goaltenders? Yeah. Like what what is the value? Because they seem to be the running backs of hockey. Right? Like yes. there's always trepidation about paying them too much now. And it's funny because if you don't have a good one, you can be completely screwed. But there still seems to be this well, but we can save there. Yeah, yeah. Analytically, you know, you you should not be ever overpaying for goaltending. And I'll we'll say that about Devin Dubnik, even though the, you know, the pumpkin turned for for him pretty quick towards the end of his wild tenure, they never were paying him a lot of money. Right now the wild are paying, I think, like five million dollars, not even like four and a half million dollars total for Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen, which is which might be a very, very good tandem going forward. Uh, Talbot might have some regression this year, but you're not spending a lot of money. That's why Vegas obviously gave away Flurry for nothing because they were they had thirteen, fourteen million dollars tied up in goaltending, which is irresponsible. You can't build out, especially in a salary cap league that has that has a flat cap now for two years. It is extremely irresponsible to pay two goalies in the double digit million dollar range. Like the fact yeah. the Wild are getting the production level. You know, at, that's a, I I don't know which one it is exactly, but in terms of the actual production for the cost. The Wild are one or two. I mean, they're, they're literally Cam Talbot was was very solid last year. Capo Cochran had a run where he looked very damn good. You you should never be overpaying for goaltending. Never, and ever, ever. The Kraken probably did. Um, so the Blackhawks just continue to accumulate defensemen at a dizzying pace. They have officially signed Jake McCabe, four years, $4 million cap hit, according to uh, Ben Pope here on Twitter. So, so in the past week now, right? Seth Jones signed or traded for, and then signed to I think an eight-year contract. Yep, Jake McCabe. So, the Blackhawks continue to wheel and deal. Um, and keep in mind too, we're going back to the Central Division next season. So it's going to be the Wild, the Abs, the Blackhawks, the Blues, Dallas with Suter. I want to get back to um, unless there's an update I'm missing here, Dex, that mm-hmm. you found. I want to get back to the Erickson Eck conversation because you brought up what I consider to be a really interesting talker as we sit here right now with things currently um, depth chart wise, where they stand. And that's this one too. So you said that you don't want to ask Erickson Eck to be your top line center. And I tend to agree with that. I think he fits in his role really well, but I think the thing too, is if you don't make another move, do you have to consider it? And my question off of that is would Dean Evison consider it? Because, I mean, there was there were times last year where I think we all thought, give Kaprizov Eck, right? Or yeah. Fiala Eck. Like, just get, like he's good. He, and and Dean Evason kept coming back to, I want the Felino, the Marcus Felino, Jordan Greenway, Yule Erickson Eck line together. I don't know he backs off that. Like, he, I mean, this team this past year was damn good. And... At every turn, when given the opportunity, Dean Evason put that what amounted to a really good defensive checking line back together. So I don't even know if there's if the thought process is, well, he is your best center. I don't know that Dean breaks up that line. Yeah. I really don't. And the other thing when it comes to Kaprizov, at least if not Fiala too, but I'll say this about Kaprizov. Forget for a second the fact that Kaprizov, it might help him, like, if there's a list of why I haven't signed yet, you know, yeah, term, huge, money, huge. But if there's a list, let's say the third or fourth thing is, who's my center? Um, Kirill Kaprizov flat out for the sake of the wild, for the sake of Kirill Kaprizov, and for the sake of the media and fans, deserves 
a center. Yes. Like I can't, I can't say this enough, but I'm, I'm just speaking selfishly as Judd's old again. So I'm not giving you the big picture here. I'm saying as a guy who watches this team all the time, I want him with a center. Yep. I desperately want to see what he can do when he is not. And I, I mean, having to tolerate and not look like, and not look awful playing with Victor Rask or God bless him, Ryan Hartman, who, who was an improvement on Rask at times, but certainly he's not even as skilled as Rask is. He's a harder worker and a smarter player, but being stuck with that Declan as just a fan of hockey to me is offensive. Yeah. Like Kirill Kaprizov just from Mm. a flat out Judd's hockey show standpoint deserves a center. Yeah. Yeah. And Erickson X, a borderline guy. Like I'd be like, okay, that's okay. I guess I can accept that. But anything below that is insulting to everybody involved. And the wild has to know that. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I think Eck, you know, we sometimes overvalue what is the number one center because, you know, X role is playing the most minutes, but he's really at that third checking line guy that can play a penalty kill and do a lot of the big things that other centers can't do. Um, I don't know what they want to do there. I, I think Dean pride does want to keep that line together at the same time. I just, if you rolled out Hartman with Kaprizov again, like I, again, I don't think that helps the Kaprizov negotiations. I don't think it helps Kaprizov want to stay here long-term. Um, by the way, another center off the market, and uh, Philip Daniel from Montreal, he just signed a six-year deal uh, with the Los Angeles Kings. So, I mean, that was rumored. He um, was a great. Ni- yeah, go ahead. Great defense. Great on faceoff. Yep. Great defensively. Uh, probably more like an Erickson Eck type. Yes. Yeah. He's, um, and he's and it it was weird. The Canadian. So the Canadians. So, um, during the course of this, the regular season, I think they had demoted him, and because we we talked at, at one point about the wild during the season trading for him. Mm-hmm. Then in the playoffs, he was extremely effective and like a very important player. And I, I think that's what got him paid by the Kings. Um, he'd be a nice player to have, but he's probably not the center who's going to fit in as well as a guy who can m- move the puck. Um, I certainly would have taken him. That's a pretty big price, but you're right. The amount, the bottom line to the, the discussion is the amount of centers on the market right now, is going to dry up pretty quickly because yep. they're good and they're going to get paid. Six years, 5.5 for Danielle. And um, so I, I probably wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I, I I don't know. He's a nice center, but again, yeah, he doesn't move your They've team the cap, offensively the in the needle. to do it. Uh, to, They've to, got the cap. To, yep, to do it. So I, I understand why I didn't do that. But I mean, Joel Erickson's next career could be Danielle. That, that's who he is. He's a, he's a Selkie finalist and someone who's a defensive first forward. So I'm not, not too surprised. I mean, the other one that's, Obviously, still out there is is Pius Suter, um, this kid who was had got called Puce. in votes this year. Pew Suter, Pew Suter, Puce. yeah, Pew. It's spelled Pius, but yeah, I like to I like to call him Pius. And um, but he had thirty twenty seven points in fifteen games, scored some goals. Uh, again, I would take him, and he's probably not going to ask for the moon because he only has fifty five games and wasn't Kirill Kaprizov under his belt. But I would take him. But again, I don't think that makes me super excited and super gung ho about the Wild making a run in the playoffs. Um, that would not be the guy I would want there. By the way, as we uh, do another reset here, this is Judd's Hockey Show on the Score North YouTube channel. We got 400 plus people watching us right now, so thank you very much. Um, hit that subscribe button if you want daily wild or daily Minnesota sports content. Me and Judd will be pumping out plenty of wild content. This is the home of Mackie and Judd as well as Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad, where we have Timberwolves conversations, Twins conversations, Vikings convos, our secondary channel, Purple Daily YouTube. Uh, hit that subscribe button as well. And we're also on Instagram, score north MN. Um, if you want more 
content as well on the gram. Thank you for everyone watching and listening to us. Judd and I are a madman. Judd's going to Vikings training camp. He's about to get his football helmet on and go. Uh, That'll leave pretty soon here. And, and yeah. then go go yeah, go do that. So, uh, we're but we're breaking down NHL free agency with you. And yeah. if any other signings happen uh, within the next coming days or big trades, obviously Judd and myself will be ready uh, to break all that down. Well, Michael Bennett bobblehead to go along with the Ryan Suter bobblehead here for you. You can see them both. Um, all right, so. On the Suter front, I also saw a tweet earlier today that there's a good chance that he is not going to sign quickly. Uh, and he, and because I think he was surprised about not being tendered by the Blackhawks, Declan, that he is going to sort of wait and see how the market plays out a little bit. So if he's going to be a guy who's going to be signed, it might take a couple of days. Now, I will say the fact that he surprisingly is on the market is probably going to allow him to get offers to sift through that might trump or probably will trump what the wild wants to pay yep. so i wouldn't count on that one but um have, have we got an update on nick felino yet not ever Dude, si- you got, th- you got three teams make a decision i know especially the fact we're on right now we'd like for you to make this happen now um i wanted the decision before i leave me too. Regan. me too but yeah no just the, we had the report that the abs and bruins and wild are the ones making a big push i would assume you know he would come here probably third from the standpoint of just he get to play with his brother and he'd know his role a little bit more. Um, yeah, the Avs are obviously a trajectory to win the cup more. The Boston Bruins are always in that conversation. It'd be more of, do you want to play with your brother here in Minnesota? So they'd have, there'd have to be some convincing from Marcus and Bill Guerin's end that yes, you know, are we in the same spot as Colorado or Boston? Probably not, but you get to play with your brother and, and you'd have a, a big role on this team and in the locker room. And I, I would love him on the right terms, I, but I would not overpay for him either. I would not. I if would he, not go in a bidding war to get him. No, you can't. And if he goes to the Abs, there's a decent chance that he and his brother will square off in some fisticuffs next season. Uh, we got some more news. Seattle Kraken continues because they've got a ton of salary cap space. Um, Jaden Schwartz, formerly of the Blues, yeah. parts of the Central Division, and he gets a five-year contract, five times five point five million dollars. So the Kraken are the drunk sailors of free agency because <laughs> they can spend all they want, basically. So um, Philip Grubauer of the Abs now with the Kraken, and he's their starting goaltender now, is joined by Jaden Schwartz there. So Jaden Schwartz out of the Central Division, which is probably good because it feels like guys have been coming into the division left and right, and they are not coming to the Wild. Again, if you missed it, Alex Goligoski has signed a one-year deal. With the Wild, there's a good possibility, according to Michael Russo of The Athletic, that that gets extended in January if things are going well. Um, And also, Ian Cole has taken a deal. He gets a one-year $2.9 million deal from the Carolina Hurricanes. San Jose Sharks have agreed to a deal with Nick Bonino, so he is gone as well. The highlight being the fact that the Wild has signed Goligoski. Definitely in this for at least one more defenseman. Yep. So they definitely need one more defenseman. The departure of Cole, who who would have been that guy, now means that with Carson Soucy in Seattle and Ian Cole in Carolina, the Wilds' third pairing of defensemen is completely gone. So they're going to have to get more depth there. And we saw this, Dex, as, uh, for a fact as well. Dean Evason liked to play, and I appreciated this. He played six defensemen. Like, he didn't shorten things up a lot. Suter still played substantial time, and if you didn't hear, he agreed to a four-year deal with the Dallas Stars. Suter played substantial time, but he but Dean played all six of, of his defensemen. So I would guess that the Wild is going to have to retool there and uh, and add more blue line core. Uh, you, you said Brendan Manel gone as well to yep. Toronto, seventh round pick. Yep, 
And now people are very upset about that. Yeah, I know. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I and wouldn't Louis Belpedio, who I think you liked at one point. I did. Point, didn't I, you? I, I loved him at college. He, Montreal. He, he was a stud at Miami, Ohio. Um, I saw him play okay. a ton in college. And yeah, I liked his game. An offensive moving guy, a smaller guy. Uh, but again, not someone I'm going to like freak out over. I think he played, you know, maybe five or six games over two years with the Wild. A nice depth guy in your organization, but not someone that I'd be freaking out over. Um, but yes, I would say to agree with you, I think one more big defenseman to round out your core. And obviously the number one center. And those are those are the two number one things you need to add. And obviously on your checklist is getting Kaprizov and Fiala re-signed. Uh, but in terms of additions to this team who are currently not, one more defenseman and one more center if you're Bill Guerin. Yeah, very interesting. Um, as we wrap up for now here, I just saw something. So just saw this tweeted. Um, if I can find it, because I just lost it. In fact, give me a second here. It, it was from our friend Nick Terhart, just tweeted from Evolving Hockey, and, and it involved the Cole contract and sort of gives you an idea of what the Wild was up against because the report was that the, before he signed with Carolina, he was about to get a contract, obviously, with the Hurricanes that was more than the Wild w- either wanted to or could go, I would guess, wanted to since it's a one-year deal. But Nick tweeted that, that Cole signed a – one-year deal with the Canes for $2.9 million, almost three times what Evolving Hockey projected for him. Yep. So so the Wild clearly thought that they could get a deal in bringing Cole back, and that uh, proves not to, to be the case. Um, I say we wrap this up for now, Declan, because mm-hmm. i got to get going to the Vikings. If yep. you have final thoughts, air them out now or forever <laughs> hold your peace until we show up the next time. Just, uh, just find the center, Billy. Find the center. Find the center, get Kirill signed, get my boy Kevin Fiala signed. We'll, we'll cheers a drink. We'll bring you back on the show. We'll gladly have you on. You're a friend of the show. So I, I trust Bill Guerin will get it done. Just care where it happens. And your Ryan Suter bobblehead that you'll hold very dear to your heart. He needs heart. a Dallas jersey now. Yeah, go get a, go get a Stars one. I bet they'll, you know what they'll do? Because the Stars are notorious for doing this. They're going to do a Ryan Suter night when they, when the WoW come to Dallas. How long, how long is the, when Dallas comes here, how long? Is the tribute video to Ryan Suter? Ugh, uh, that's a it's good coming. write that down. Like, sixty seconds. Like, I'll put the over under at sixty. If I'm Garen, I just put a thank you, and that's it. No, no video, no video, no video. That's my statement. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for the memories, Ryan. And that's all I put up. All right. Um, I'm going out to. The Vikings. All right, sir. We will be back at some point, probably fairly soon. I, I would imagine more is going to happen mm-hmm. uh, as far as Nick Felino making a decision, right? Yep. Um, I would think that if the Wild basically is shut out, aside from Goligoski and a fourth-line center in free agency, that we're also going to have plenty of trade speculation because something has to give here. Uh, but for now, we're done. Say your piece, Declan. Pass, shoot, score.